Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I know that this tends to be the dead week for a lot of things here in America between Christmas and New Year's and podcasting is... Definitely part of that. With that being said, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging and I wanted to release something and I thought, duh, what a better time than to use this typical Sister Wives Wednesday slot to release from my Patreon a year ago a deep dive that I did into the family from the book to the banana to the whole thing. So get into it and I just wanted to issue a disclaimer I'm not sure how much, if at all, I spoke about Leon in this episode, but just want you to know that I totally know, you know, Leon's situation, pronouns, the whole thing. I respect that. This all was recorded before I knew any information about Leon. So forgive me, pre-forgive me. Okay. Um, you know, it's all love and respect over here. So, uh, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy your week, the episode and, um, so much more. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. I'll be back on Friday for a little talk, catch up about Real Housewives of Miami and back on Monday for part two of our, if you heard Monday's episode, usually I do a pop culture roundup, but the This two weeks, I decided to designate it to hearing from your favorite podcasters and mine all about what thing in pop culture they're leaving in 2022. So check that out. Those are really fun episodes. I hope you enjoy them. Hope you enjoy your week. I hope you have as much work off as you possibly can and you're just like in the bed and, you know, doing whatever it is that you want to do in the bed or not, you know, whatever you want to do. It's it's your world right? Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. 
If you want to check out the Patreon, I'm at patreon.com slash podcast. In addition to this Sister Wives retrospective, if you will, there is a plethora of, I mean, it's a whole mixed bag in there. From Lindsay Lohan to B-Word Frankel to a whole lot of other things. Candy's wedding, uh, Kim's wedding, did a lot of celebrity weddings. Um, it, just check it out. The link is in the description of the episode every episode actually so you know check it out it's we're burgeoning on a new year so maybe that'll be a new year's treat for you right maybe not i don't know it's up to you um happy new year's you guys hope you enjoy the episode sister wives. I wanted the family. I didn't just want the man. Love should be multiplied, not divided. Hi, Patreon subscribers. Welcome to another episode, one I'm really excited about. Let's get into it. So it's going to be about the sister wives, y'all. Here's the thing. I have... I have a pretty good idea of what this family is like and their backstory for the most part. Thanks to basically every season premiere of this show, you get the backstory, you get all the relevant points. They hit all the beats with like the whole history of the family. Um, So I know the major things, but I had never read the book and I... There were a lot of things, because the show is typically, you know, up until two seasons ago, incredibly boring. I tried not to get a whole lot of offline, if you will, information, off-camera information, and just let me see what happens on the show. Because, you know, it was slim pickings for a good 10 years, you know? So... I went out, I was like, I need to research, I need to look into the things that I had heard about but didn't really dive deep on, things that I had never heard before, their book, and I'm so excited. So the book that I'm referring to is uh, Becoming Sister Wives, The Story of an Unconventional Marriage. This is by all of them. Uh, And they really dropped some uh, nuggets of information that really makes it incredibly clear if you didn't know, if you had no indication by watching the show that this, none of their relationships at any point were what one would describe as functional or healthy. And this was a train that was pretty much off the rails immediately. And I, the way they framed the show versus the telling of all this is just so wild. So let's get into it. I'm going to start with Cody and just get him out of the way. He was raised in the LDS church. He was raised a Mormon, but his parents weren't initially polygamous. They had a conversation with him around uh, him being 14, I think he said, but nothing really came of it. So at 19, he goes on his typical Mormon boy mission. He goes to Texas for two years. And when he comes back, 
he gets hit with a lot of information about some updates that have been happening within his family. One of them, uh, they got excommunicated from the Mormon church. Two, they joined a fundamentalist Mormon church. And also that his father had taken on a second wife. Uh, then moving on to Mary, she also grew up LDS. Her mom learned about plural marriage a little bit later, uh, into her childhood and they decided to move to Utah to start their new lifestyle. Uh, when Mary was five, they were in Utah and they found a new wife. This quickly dissolved. She was only there for about two years. There were no children as a result of this marriage. Um, but then when Mary was 10, another sister wife joined the family. Over time, her father would end up having five wives, 27 children. Um, yeah. So they seem like the, out of the five of them, probably the most functional Mormon polygamist relationship because Christine's family ended up getting separated due to the polygamy laws and she wasn't able to have contact with her father. Um, Cody's family didn't fall into plural marriage until he was basically an adult. Um, so yeah, and I don't believe Janelle's or Christine's family were polygamists either. So let's cut to now chapter one, Mary meeting Cody. They met at church. Um, he was a new face of their church. She was uh, an established member. She was 18 at the time, had never been courted. Uh, they really hammer in this idea of Mary being very shy and withdrawn. And basically she was like the girl at the dance who her dance card was very empty and nobody was on it because she was just so shy. At some point, Mary ends up going to a summer camp with Cody's sister, and she's the one who officially introduces them. Um, I can imagine, I see it so clearly, because if we go back to, you know, we often see pictures of them in their early days, and we see the pictures of Mary and Cody from their courtship and their wedding, and you know, I, I'm, I loathe to admit this, but looking through the lens of like, what, late 80s, early 90s Utah, Cody was a pretty good looking guy. He fit the stereotype of what it meant to be good looking. He was blonde, he tan, athletic body, you know, whatever. Ugh, it just makes me sick to have to admit this, but I, I could see how he would have been a really, really good looking guy. I, I get that. I can see what other people are saying. We'll say that. I don't, I'm not going to take that on myself. Um, and I could see how if Mary is saying that she was so shy and let's, you know, let me be honest that Mary is maybe not the most beautiful woman in the world. And that's not nice to say, but here's the thing. Neither am I. And like, maybe this is like a totally separate topic, but like, <clears throat> Do we have to all pretend like we're beautiful? <laughs> like, yeah, we're all beautiful on the inside. And there's a, a lid for every pot. But some of us are not, just not conventionally attractive. And that's okay. And it's okay if we can be honest about that as long as we're kind about that. I'm just stating a factual truth that for the standards of American beauty, I would say generally Mary does not fit. So I would say 
I say all that to say that I could understand how a shy, you know, bookish looking Mary would see Cody and be like, holy shit, or, you know, whatever the Mormon equivalent of holy shit is. And to that end, as an 18 year old girl, I can't remember how old Cody was, but he was in his early 20s. I think they're three years apart or two years, two or three years apart. Um, I could, where was I going with this? <laughs> oh, I could also see how she would overlook a lot of things about Cody just being the corniest, douchiest guy on the planet. There have been episodes of the show where uh, Cody's former classmates have come on to have like a reunion. Reunite reunion situation or his old friends will come on and they'll talk about what Cody was like growing up and there was an episode in which he has some of his former classmates over I think this was ever at the cul-de-sac or were they living in Utah at this point I think maybe this was like a a block party that they had in Utah I, I might be mistaken but Suffice to say, these classmates come and they all share their opinions about what they, how they felt about Cody in high school. And um, at least one of them admitted to thinking that he was gay um, because he was attention seeking. He was a bit of a showboat. He was uh, bombastic and loud. And they just, he just did not fit the stereotype of like a, a straight man in the late eighties, I guess. Um, basically the general theme was that they found him to be obnoxious and they didn't really seem to like him, but maybe they just wanted to be on the show. I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't really know why I'm sharing this information with you guys. You guys know, if you looked at Cody Brown for five minutes, you know that like something happened to him with it in his teens where he was insecure and decided to be like a big douchebag to mitigate that. So anyway, Cody's sister introduces him to Mary. They develop a friendship and eventually they started dating until out of the blue, one day Cody cuts things off completely. So at this point in the book, he comes back in to say that he has a tendency to dive into relationships without thinking about what he wants. And he would wonder, like, he was like a Mormon hoe. Then he would go, you know, holding hands. There would be, like, the distant longing stares occasionally. Um, And he decided at that point that he needed to check himself, that he needed to stop his um, playboy ways, if you will. And he wondered why he was doing those things and being physical with women when he didn't actually like them. And at this point, he ends up deciding to be done with quote unquote chasing girls. And Mary got the ax because of it. At some point later, Cody decides that he would need to convert to the new church um, because he is thinking that poli- uh, that polygamy was for him. And so he's like, I need to convert before I dive into anything with Mary uh, and make a commitment to her. He decided to fast for two days and then he drove to Utah. And then the following weekend he got baptized. And after that, he asked Mary's dad or stepdad rather, if he could court her. And that was That was basically it for them. They end up getting married and they're married for about three years before uh, Janelle really enters into the picture in a real way. 
Now, let me be clear about this. Janelle was always in the picture, technically, because she was married to Mary's brother, Adam. More on that later. But also, I think it's worth mentioning that during this three-year period of them being a monogamous couple, Mary and Cody, that they did court another girl who was a teenager. And they had, like, like they had to wait until she was 18 before they initially announced that they were courting. Like, they went the Tyga method of, of courtship with this girl. They're both adults at this point, so... Why would they admit that in print? I guess because they weren't fucking. Maybe he held her hand at one point, but even that's a little creepy to me. I don't know. I mean, I know, like, I know enough about the Duggars to know that these marriages and courtships happen as soon as they possibly can. And they would be, I'm sure, happening sooner if it were not for American law, (laughs) federal law. Um... So, yeah, they tell this as kind of like a, yeah, you know, we tried it, but it didn't work out. And I cringed through the whole thing. Now let's go back to the future with Janelle. She meets a guy named Adam, you know, one of uh, Mary's siblings. She says she was immediately taken by them, by him. And then, but she didn't know initially that he was part of a polygamous family. So... She, who was a part of the mainstream LDS faith, she invites him to his church, to her church one day, and he ends up converting from like the fundamentalist to the traditional LDS. So then they begin courting, they get married, but then Janelle came to realize that they did not align uh, in terms of the spirituality. He was not who she thought he was, that he really wasn't as spiritual and committed to the faith as he led her to believe. Now, like I said before, she was not part of a polygamous family. Um, She kind of thought that Adam and his family were like one-offs, kind of like a novelty. And they were the only polygamists that she knew and were in her orbit. So they end up, they were only together for about six months before they separated. um, But she maintained a relationship with Mary, his sister. So Janelle, because of being in Mary's family from jump or before Janelle and Cody got married, she started to know Mary first and then Mary and Cody uh, when they were dating. So she was there along the way in some capacity for the entirety of their relationship. They had a party at their house uh, and like Mary's family's house And that's where she met Cody for the first time. And she said that this was like, it hit her. Like everything clicked for her and she felt, quote, relief and recognition when she met him. And she was in the middle of her divorce at this point, but she went to this party, excuse me, she went to uh, uh, Cody and Mary's wedding together as a couple with her estranged, soon-to-be ex-husband. So... Janelle gets married to Mary's brother, Adam. They very quickly get divorced. At the same time, Cody and Mary are beginning their relationship and getting married. And Janelle ends up divorced. So Mary and Cody always knew that they wanted to be, that they wanted to take on other wives. And during this time of their newlywed relationship, they decide to plan a move to Montana. But 
Cody was interested in Janelle, and so they approach her and say, like, hey, we want to move with the intention of you eventually moving with us. We want, they found a home that would be good for the three of them. And he takes Janelle to lunch and says like, maybe you and I should consider you and me. (laughs) Okay. So Janelle, I even watched a clip of her talking about this on the show. And she says, both in the book and on the show that she initially kind of like poo-pooed this whole thing. She was like, yeah, whatever. And on the show, she says that, Hey, there were a lot of guys that were hollering at me. Like it was not just Cody. I was not this newly divorced woman who was desperate. I made the choice to be with Cody. So Cody asks her to think about them being together. She laughs at him and then he persists. He decides to invite her to Wyoming, where they're living currently, and Janelle brings her mom. And then this is where another layer gets added to this, like, weirdo uh, pile of family members, is that Janelle brings her mom. She meets Cody's father, Wynn. And even though Janelle's mom was like, I don't think polygamy is for me, she kind of had that same, like, click the light bulb moment with Cody's dad that Janelle had with Cody and was like, Oh, this is for me. And they end up getting married. Cody's father and Janelle's mother end up getting married three months before Cody and Janelle do. So Janelle's mom ends up being Cody's father's third wife. I believe there was by the, well, I know that by the time Cody's father passed away, there were only two of them. So I think one of the, the second wife, ended up leaving so then it gets into kind of like what they saw in each other so cody's relationship with janelle was very different from the relationship that he had with mary this is an admission that both cody and mary end up making in the book cody says that he felt a spiritual and intellectual love toward janelle which was different from the romantic love that he felt with Mary. Now we all got to read between the lines on that. I think what he's saying is that he felt like physically attracted to Mary and not so much Janelle and that they were really more of a cerebral connection. Mary even says, I don't know. They kind of try to frame this situation between Mary, Janelle and Cody in the early days as Janelle and Mary were these great friends and then Janelle decides to marry Cody and then all everything goes to shit. But Mary says that her relationship with Janelle initially was more of like a cordial. She's my sister-in-law kind of thing. But also you have to remember that there were 26 or 27 other sisters and brothers-in-law in that family. So who's to say how really close Janelle and Mary were able to get? Even though Mary and Cody had made a commitment to uh, um, having plural wives and living a polygamous lifestyle, Mary admits that the main motivation for, like, really feeling at ease with Janelle joining the family as a second wife is because, like Cody said, she had a very particular relationship with Janelle 
or with Cody that was romantic and that she didn't feel like Janelle was a threat to her relationship because they had a bond that was intellectual and that she and Cody had a passionate relationship. So at some point, Cody and Janelle decide to get married. You guys, Janelle and Cody planned their wedding day for Mary's birthday. Now we wonder why their relationship dynamic was so fucked up from jump from uh, Janelle and Cody getting married. Like, what the hell? We always paint Mary, and I'm guilty of this too, as being this, like, uh, they talk about even as of what, like two episodes ago when Janelle and Mary are having this conversation about their past, they act like Mary was just this little demon bitch to Janelle and maybe even to some extent Christine and that she was like ruling the roost and that she was basically like Miss Trunchbull of the Brown family, right? But right for like you're gonna plan your wedding day for my birthday and the only way that they were able that the only reason why they changed the date was because cody's mom had a like a serious talk with them about it so they changed it to the day after her birthday and you, and you wonder why she's feeling insecure and you're wondering why things are going uh, poorly with the dynamic between the two wives. Yeah. Yeah. This season, we're seeing a lot more of Janelle's personality, in my opinion, and her uh, lifestyle and her desire outside of the show. Like when she was talking about you know, loving Rammstein and, and German industrial music and, and how she likes to go to rock concerts and, um, how she wants to start gardening and stuff. And Janelle apparently has always had this in her, this sort of, uh, wild and free spirit. You guys, Janelle is truly on one. So she says that before, um, marrying Cody, she was considering, all sorts of different life paths. A lot of things that involved her like being independent. She wanted to buy a Jeep and drive off with her dog. She wanted to explore her native, her interest in the Native American way of life. You guys, Janelle bought a teepee. She quit her job. She bought a teepee. She put the teepee up in Cody's dad's land, but then quit because it was too cold. So she ended up moving in with, with Wynn. God help us. Oh, I also forgot to mention that at some point, uh, Cody's father was trying to hook Janelle up with Cody's brother, (laughs) but then Cody got jealous. Basically Janelle figured that, that Cody would be a better father, I guess. But, um, Yeah, Cody, like, decided to step in and claim his territory, basically. So Janelle says that she married Cody, but she felt like a guest. Once they moved into the house, it was just, like, a weird situation because Mary and Cody had established it. Mary wasn't really trying to give up the lifestyle that she was accustomed to. And that Mary and Cody would be sitting on the couch holding hands, and Janelle would be off in a chair by herself. You know, they would be watching a movie and it would be like, she'd be like the third wheel basically. And she and Mary would really get into, get into it about the, 
how the house should be run, where to put things, organization, how to clean things, etc. Um, and then I'm trying to think, like, it seems like Mary was the aggressor in this situation, but I'm trying to think, like, I'm looking, I'm imagining their homes, and I could maybe understand that. Jan- I like, if I had to guess which one of them was the cleaner of the two, I would probably go with Mary, wouldn't you guys? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now, if we were having a category about like talk about whose food I would eat out of the whole wives, it would absolutely be none of them. I feel like Christine, God bless her, probably doesn't wash her hands enough for me to feel comfortable. Um, Janelle doesn't really seem interested in cooking, so I feel like she's probably little to no seasonings. Uh, Robin probably makes food that you would never want to eat in your life. I feel like she really loves like things in aspic, um, you know, like casseroles, but not good ones. Like she seems like a tuna noodle casserole kind of bitch. And like, I could eat it. I could honestly, I could fuck up a tuna noodle casserole. I don't know why I'm acting like she's wrong for that. Cause uh, really I could eat one right now. <laughs> so I'm going to take that back. But, uh, yeah, I just feel like she, she gets like the bad deli meats, you know, like she can afford Boar's Head, but she chooses to get that like Budig. Is that what that brand is called? Like Budig? <laughs> um, she seems like a baloney bitch. Yeah. And then who else? Mary. It, it would be begrudging, but I guess I would choose Mary. Anyway, Mary says that she tried to give Janelle the master bedroom in this house, but there's really no confirmation of that. Janelle's memory of that time was basically that things were very difficult and that things didn't really become easier until Christine came along. And obviously they had to be very secretive about the relationship that Cody and Janelle had. So they would introduce people, introduce Janelle in public to people. (laughs) You guys know what I'm saying. They would introduce, in public, they would introduce Janelle as Cody's sister, which is weird, you know, real weird. And it creates a weird dynamic for, it ends up creating a weird dynamic between Cody and Janelle. And then Mary also said at one point that she and Janelle have very different communication styles. Again, something that they mentioned a couple episodes ago. 
And something that we even see to this day, or saw to this day, um, that Mary tends to be a lot more direct. She tends to be very black and white. She tends to just want to lay everything out on the table, whereas Janelle doesn't want to do that. And Mary even says that Janelle seems to have a hard time with being honest with herself or with others about feelings. And that's a read because it's true. You know, it would be shade if, if she were being underhanded, but we see it in real time is that Janelle doesn't like to be honest. Even like she was having that conversation with Cody this week about Garrison moving out or staying in her home while he saves up for a down payment for his own home. And she doesn't want to just tell Cody, no, he will be staying at the house. It's really stupid. He's really been diligently saving. And why don't we just have him stay at the home for a few more months so he can really have that opportunity to you know, leave the the nest in a real way. Whereas Cody's like, get him the fuck out because he's being socially, he's not being socially distant and it's ruining my relationship with you and my marriage with you. So he needs to move out. (laughs) You know, she really had a hard time like being direct and honest with him about it. And yeah. Yeah. Moving on to Christine. So, We all know that Mary had a lot of reproduction, fertility issues. She was really only, to my knowledge, ever pregnant twice. One with Mariah. One she ended up having... She ended up getting pregnant when Mariah was either 7 or 10 and miscarrying. Um, There's such an interesting storyline in those first few seasons about Mary's fertility because... I don't think she ever really, no, maybe she did really like they went in there and got things checked and saw, like went in to see if there was anything going on and they couldn't find anything. She just was never really able to get pregnant. Like the fact that she was only getting, so she only got pregnant twice out of all of those years that they were actively trying to have a child. It's very interesting to me. Especially when they couldn't find out anything was going, if anything was going on. Really interesting. Anyway, obviously Mary's inability to get pregnant causes strain. And then Janelle is the one who ends up getting pregnant first. And that really causes a strain. So she has Logan. And during her being pregnant with Logan, Cody and Christine begin courting. Christine had always fancied herself as not only being a sister wife, but specifically being the third sister wife because she felt like the third one was the peacemaker, the one who was smoothing things over, coming in and and being a healing uh, force. Christine was also like a really, I mean, we see it. She's super cute. She's got these cheeks and she's very bubbly and flirtatious and it's basically like all these women are basically, it's almost as though they met Cody and stopped growing completely. <laughs> like everybody is like just, just like frozen in time from their younger selves. And these personality traits, relationship dynamics are still the same, even 25, 30 plus years later. It's wild. It's really wild. 
So when Christine is coming in like bubbly and cute and flirty, she's sort of giving Mary a little bit of a run for her money because now Cody's got another woman in his life where he wants to be romantic with. I mean, this is horny. This, he, it's another woman that he's sexually attracted to and, and horny for, basically. Like, let's be real here. So they met when Christine was 19. Um, her sister had gone through this, like, survival trek through the church, and Mary and Cody were the group, group leaders for her sister. And at that point, they were still newlyweds. Now, even though... Cody liked Christine and he liked the attention. He wasn't really um, a big fan of her body. And he tells an anecdote by saying that I was convinced that Christine was the cutest girl in the world, although she was a bit chubby, a little chubby. And then he talks about feeling queasy watching Christine one time eating chili cheese nachos. He says, watching her eat nachos put their relationship on hold. And as he put it, the the nacho experience cooled my attraction a little. Well, a lot. <laughs> okay. So, at this point, I'm not sure if Christine knew, knows this, but she's basically Mormon single because Cody's not into her anymore because she was a disgusting slob who ate nachos wrong i guess and that same year christine's parents ended up getting a divorce um her mom left the faith and this really rocked christine's world and she decided to stop dating i have to issue a correction i i my bad earlier i mentioned that uh mary and cody had courted a teenager um and I said that this was before Janelle, but this was actually between Janelle and Christine. So Cody ends up breaking things off with Christine. They end up finding this other teen bride to find, but then they were like fully going to go forward with the wedding. And then Christine gets a call from Mary telling her that they decided to call off the whole thing. So then after that, Christine is, like, looped into all the drama of the family without really being romantically involved with Cody. So she says that one day Cody randomly called her out of the blue and told her that Janelle's driving me crazy. I can't stand it. She really frustrates me. Christine didn't even know who Janelle was at that point. Like, no clue. (laughs) So now at this point, Christine is really thrown for a loop. Um, So after that... Time goes by and Cody invites Christine over for dinner. Surprising since he was apparently so very triggered by her eating. Um, He knew that at that point she was like kind of down in the dumps about her parents getting divorced. And he says that that was the moment that he knew that they would get married. (laughs) At her lowest point, He felt like he was going to come in and be the white knight. Like, let's be real here. So months go by. He knows that he's going to marry her, but months go by. Cody and Mary then see Christine at a church ball. And Cody asks her to dance with her for a few times. And everything goes okay. They start clicking. And then the dance ends. Little time goes by. Mary calls her. And says, hey, uh, me and Janelle are going to be planning a surprise party for Cody. And she wants Christine to come and bring some friends. 
the party goes well, but, you know, they're keeping it very conservative. Christine's very traditional. After the party, she tells her grandfather that if Cody were to come to you, uh, with a proposal, I, I would like to say yes. So they end up getting their engagement to the marriage as only six weeks. But Christine says it took them about a year before they actually fell in love, a year into their marriage. So when Christine and Cody got married, he's living with Janelle and Mary. But Christine decides, you know what, I think the best thing for our relationship is if I get my own house and Cody can come visit because she wanted to be able to experience Cody in their own environment. And again, like the writings on the wall, it seems very clear that Christine, I think Christine, in addition to feeling like she was going to be the third wife who was going to be fixing everything, she also kind of pictured herself as being like the fun, shiny new wife and the one that was going to be like the sexy one. And like, he has this relationship with her with Mary. And then he's got this intellectual relationship with Janelle. And then she was just going to be like the fun, hot bitch, you know? And then along comes Polly, AKA Robin. So Robin, obviously she joins the family pretty much in tandem with season one of sister wives. So we know that she came into the family with three children and she had been previously married. We don't really know a whole bunch about her previous marriage suffice for Robin says that he was abusive. I don't know if she meant physically, but definitely emotionally abusive. She just, really doesn't seem to have a good thing to say about this man. And it was very clear that she would be a lot happier. And I guess by extension, her kids would be a lot happier if they just weren't in his life at all. So anyway, she got married to this guy when she was 21. Um, she got married to somebody from her church. She was raised in a polygamous family and her mother, her biological mother was, excuse me, her father's second wife. She says in the book that by the time Dayton was born, she knew that she didn't want to be in this relationship. And she also knew that she wanted to have sister wives. And she says that she had kids, but she was too busy raising them to actively look for a sister wife. So she ends up leaving this marriage and creates an alter ego by the name of She-Ra in order to protect herself. And to give herself more confidence. So she's single for a little bit. She's doing the single mom thing. And eventually she starts dating again. She says that she was dating. She decided to lower her standards and her expectations. And she was just dating whoever. She didn't care about looks. She didn't care how old he was. She just wanted a guy who was going to be a family man. And who was going to be a good father to her kids. So she goes to visit her cousin Reba. They go to church and that's when she saw Cody. Her initial reaction was, yeah, he's attractive, but he's probably an idiot. And that maybe is the last time that Robin makes sense because clearly she decides to go for this man anyway. So after she meets him in church, they end up meeting on a one-to-one level and she tells Cody, Hey, I'm single. And 
I'm going to go to one of these dances. So if you guys don't know, you know, a lot of these, obviously Mormon kids or like, uh, uh, super devout Christian kids tend to be homeschooled. And so they'll have homeschool conferences or uh, church conferences or these dances. And that's how you're able to be social. These are the times where you're able to meet the families of these potential suitors or, and courtships. And, you know, that that's how they they make this all happen. So she's sidling up to Cody at her big age. Like, when they're talking about these stories with Mary, Janelle, and Christine, it makes sense, the lack of maturity, because they're all between the ages of, like, 18 and 21. But now, we're talking about people in their late 30s with several children at this point. (laughs) And so now, to, to picture in my mind a, like, was was Robin 30 when she joined the family? I want to say maybe she was 30. Um, and I think Cody was 40. So to imagine like a almost 30-year-old woman going up to this almost 40-year-old man and being like, hey, my mom wants me to go to a dance and I'm single. It just feels so like, ugh. <laughs> Yuck. So she is dropping hints that she's single by saying that she's single and they, Cody and Mary decide to go to that dance in Lehigh. And at the dance, she's talking to Cody. She's talking to Mary. Famously, they're always saying that uh, Mary is kind of the one who tells Cody, this is a bitch for you. This is a wife for you. She's the one that you have to go through to get to Cody. Um, she's like Bowser or something, you know? Um, so... <laughs> They're, Robin and Mary really liked each other. I think this is probably the best relationship between sister wives in this family, even to this day, but the relationship between Mary and, and Robin. And um, so, yeah, Mary's like, Cody, this is it. Cody tells Mary that there's something special about Robin, but... He had weird feelings about her being divorced and having children. And he described those um, issues, if you will, as potential, quote, technical difficulties. Okay. (laughs) So they decide to continue. Robin comes to the house for a barbecue. She says that she walked through that driveway or past the driveway to the house and she saw three convertibles and (laughs) was immediately turned off by it. (laughs) But what she did like was uh, Cody's parenting skills. I'm sure something that he was laying on really, really thick for the hot new 30-year-old, 29-year-old woman that he was trying to impress, I'm sure. So anyway, the, the dance goes well, the barbecue goes better, And Cody decides to approach their church leader and Robin's father about courting her. But Robin's father, again, this woman is like 30. Robin's father says, no, you can't court her. All you guys can do is just try to get to know each other. So according to Robin, she says that they got to know each other. They weren't physical, saved, like not even hugging. They didn't even hug each other. And at that point, Cody gets permission from permission from her dad to begin the courtship. And that basically leads us into 
or not even into, or basically through seasons one and two even of Sister Wives. Let's get into some other things that happened in the family, like Janelle moving out. Now, this was something that I knew, but I didn't really know the details of. Um, So, like I said earlier, Janelle was the first one to have a child. And then Christine joins the family. And then Janelle, Christine, and then Mary has Mariah. But mostly Janelle and Christine start having babies, like, real quickly. And Janelle says that she eventually got postpartum depression. And there was one situation where she had a really bad fight with Mary. She was feeling really, like, trapped in the whole situation. So she took all her kids to go and move in with their mom. And after a while of being away... She decides to be a real independent single woman. She buys herself a new car. She gets herself a new house. She is still in the family, but wants to have a life away from the family without actually leaving the spiritual marriage. Um, And so she could have done this if she, because at this point they're pooling all their resources and finances, everything's sort of a community coffer. And she said, you know, with my job, I could have gotten the house and the kids if I had taken out my um, cut or my share of the family finances. Um, But she really had no intention of leaving the family. She was just wanting some independence in a really extreme way. So after Janelle moves out, she ends up going back to school. She gets a degree in accounting and two years go by where she's like doing her own thing in her own home. Cody then proposes that they all move to Utah and he says that he had found a new job and that they could build a house or not that they could build a house, that there was already that house, the one that we see in the first couple seasons of uh, Sister Wives in Lehigh. So Janelle, they move to the house, he gets this new job, and Janelle waits a whole other year before deciding to move in to that family. It's interesting to me that Janelle seems to be the most adamant about all living together. She seems the most excited about, uh, I remember a few years ago when Cody brought up doing one big house on that Coyote Pass property. She and Robin, to some extent, because she said she hadn't experienced it yet, but because Janelle had experienced it, she was the one who really wanted to do that one house thing again. And I find that surprising. Uh, I mean, I know that like moving into the Lehigh was what, caused her to move back in the house. It's just surprising to me that she felt so uh, good about moving. Where am I going with this? It, It just seems like things in the Lehigh house were not good between like Christine and, or excuse me, Janelle and Mary. So I'm surprised that she was the one who was the most adamant about wanting that one big house in Coyote Pass. All right, now let's get into some, like, rumors and gossip. Um, The family has had a lot of financial issues. You know, for all intents and purposes, 
we don't really have a read on what Cody ever did for a job. He worked in sales, online sales at some point, but it seems like since he started getting those TLC checks, he really hasn't had a job and he doesn't really seem motivated to get a job. And in fact, when he in earlier in the book, he and Mary got married, um, he said, you know, we didn't really have any responsibilities. Neither of us had jobs. Neither of us really, you know, we didn't have kids yet. So he says that this was like the most exciting time for him. <laughs> Lord help. Um, so because of this like dubious, spotty, if anything, career, I mean, we know that uh, Mary worked in social services with children for some point at some point. Um uh, Janelle has worked in real estate and other things at some point. Uh, you know, the job, the job history is interesting. So they've all uh, declared bankruptcy, not Robin, but Janelle, Christine and Mary in conjunction with uh, Cody have all filed for bankruptcy. So uh, Janelle filed in 1997. Uh, he and Mary filed in 2005 and Christine filed in 2010. Even up to the first season of the show, Christine was still uh, receiving government assistance and food stamps. And people, a lot of people I saw were suggesting that Cody and the Brown family have been like milking the system. I didn't really see... Uh, Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Well, I guess they felt like the general consensus seemed to be like, stop having kids if you guys keep filing for bankruptcy, which is fair. (laughs) Um, And, you know, if you guys and also like, you know, stop, I guess, milking people's resources when you know you guys are intentionally having hella kids and you can't afford them. I I mean, I I guess that's what people were saying. But um, so... Also mentioned in uh, Becoming Sister Wives, Christine says that Mary Mary has like a really weird relationship with the kids. Uh, like I said, it seems like she was Miss Trunchbull and Christine says that her children, her biological children were really wary of Mary and that they felt 
afraid of her. They didn't want to cross her accidentally. It just seems like they were sitting on pins and needles with her. And Christine feels like Mary was too hard on her kids, ultimately. And that really, she she never really addressed that with her at the time. And she just instead had this growing resentment towards her that eventually ended up in her blowing up at Mary. So I was saying in the other episode, I didn't really understand the full details as to why Christine and Mary don't fuck with each other. But it sounds like it's because Mary was fucking with her kids and terrorizing them. And she don't like that because we know that Christine's whole life is her children are her children. Speaking of, um, Mary and Madison have had some drama with each other. So Mary, Christine, Madison, and McKelty, possibly even briefly Janelle, got, you know, tied up into LuLaRoe. Who remains from this? I think just at this point, McKelty and Mary. But at some point, uh, Madison joined, Mary joined first and Madison joined her downline and things were going okay for a while until Mary decides to subtweet Maddie in like January of 2019. She posted some shit about like people not working at their full potential and people thought that she was subtweeting Maddie. So, Maddie decides to take to Twitter and she does some tweets and deletes really dropping hints that like, it was like, fuck you. It's on site with you, Mary. So she is tweeting, try being scared of somebody your whole fucking life. And she plays like she's the one who's hurting. She was a monster. Now she's attacking one of the few safety nets you had. No, check again. You can't subtweet shit and not expect retaliation. Loyalty goes to those who were always kind. And then there's nothing like dealing with an abusive human your whole life and finally having the freedom to not do anything with her. Ooh. <laughs> so then she deleted that. But a couple months later, it seemed they unfollowed. Well, in the immediate aftermath, they unfollowed each other, Mary and Madison on Instagram. And this happened in January of 2019. Madison's last post regarding LuLaRoe was two months later in March of 2019. No evidence of that since. Now, um, Maddie tried to, in early 2020, she announced the opening of her new store uh, that was very much like uh, logo, not logo tees, but like quote tees. And it looked a lot like LuLaRoe and it was called, gosh, Lace and Lemons. (laughs) There was a shirt like, you know, what what if the Hokey Pokey really is all it's about? Like something about Kung Fu fighting, like really lame, super lame. And Madison did this whole announcement like this was a real labor of love. I'm so scared to put out this project. I, um, you know, I've really been working so hard and I'm excited to show you this new company and I'm really hoping it's a success and this is what my kids need. You guys, I went to the website. Shockingly, it's still, there's still a Shopify website available, kind of. Um, it, the website says both coming soon and closed. So I don't really think that Lace and Lemons (laughs) really, really launched, uh, Madison into the fashionista that we all know her to be. Then also, Madison 
had, was she the first one? I think the first kid to have kids. Yes. So when, you know, it was a big to do when she ends up uh, giving birth to her son, Axel. All the wives went down there. Well, no, I should say that Christine and Janelle went there. Mary and Robin did not. Now, Robin's excuse was that she didn't really know Madison. They didn't really have that close of a relationship. She wasn't there from the beginning. So there's that. But with Mary, apparently there was a quote, a miscommunication about, uh, Mary not being there. Um, and then it ends up being this like kind of dramatic situation. They end up going to a therapy session and talking about it. And Janelle was really mad at Mary for not being there. And she said, you know, I'm just feeling very protective of my child. Um, Cause I guess Madison felt some type of way about Mary not being there. Mary says that she thought that she was not invited and that it, she's like, oh, like I would have been there. It was just a means of communication. But then Christine tells her, um, because Christine, Madison, basically Christine considers Christine like her mom more than Janelle. <laughs> it would it would appear. Um, Christine tells Mary that she basically was glad. That Mary was not at the wedding or at the the uh, labor because Mary tends to bring baggage with her wherever she goes, and it's like too much for her. <laughs> now Christine got roasted to hell for saying that uh, on Twitter, but she's like, I said what I said, and I was being very direct. <laughs> okay. More interesting information from the book is that. Uh, or no, this was not from the book. This was an interview that they had done that Janelle said, this really kind of brings it all together. The, the full circle of uh, Mary and Maddie's relationship that when Janelle had Maddie and Maddie was about six months, uh, she wasn't growing. She wasn't putting on any weight and it was concerning. And so Mary who had had Mariah around that same time decided to, uh, uh, be the pinch hitter, if you will, and decided to be Madison's wet nurse. Um, not sure why they couldn't just pick up some Similac because Mary said that it was kind of awkward for her to do it, but she did it because Maddie needed it. But, and she was producing enough milk for both Mariah and Maddie. Um, but you know, she's like, it was weird, but I wanted to keep her healthy. Uh, but it was awkward. It's, it's really awkward. <laughs> so, now we're going into like things that have kind of happening in the past couple of years. Uh, should we, let's talk about the catfish. I wanted to refresh my memory on what was going on with that. So back in 2015, well back in 2014, uh, Mary, Cody and Robin make the decision to have Cody and Mary get a legal divorce in order for Robin and Cody to, get legally married and thereby adopt code or Robin's children. So that, you know, the baby daddy could be out of the picture legally. He would have full, you know, legal responsibility for the kids. So Mary did this willingly. Unknowing unbeknownst to us that she and Cody were not in a great place. 
And after the divorce, it continued to get bad. So in 2015, March of 2015, um, they get a divorce. Mary goes online and she meets a guy she thinks is Sam. They communicate for about six months and they're trying to meet and get together, you know, classic catfish situation. Every time they're going to meet, something happens. He's busy, whatever. And something would always be interrupted. So then what happens is that Mary gets a message from Sam who tells her, Hey, I can't come see you, but you can come meet my friend. And the friend's name is Lindsay. So Mary ends up hanging out with Lindsay and she says the whole time she was weird. She was uncomfortable. She got the creeps from her, but she knew or she thought that this was Sam's friend. So like, I'm going to be polite to her, you know, because that's his friend. But during this encounter, Lindsay, quote unquote, ends up threatening Mary and is basically like, don't ever screw with us. Don't mess with Sam. Don't hurt him. If you hurt him, I'll ruin your life and I'll ruin your family. So it gets weird and come to find out Mary realizes that Lindsay is Sam is really a woman named Jackie Overton. So... Sam was this businessman in his 40s. He had his own children and he was reaching out to Mary on Twitter and being flirtatious with her. And then they start communicating and then they decide to move to phone communication. So, you know, Mary is really all in on this relationship. And I will, I'll try to remember to include some of the voicemails that got released, but Mary finds out what's going on and she outs this woman and Jackie gets so upset that she ends up releasing all these pictures and all the communications, screenshots of text message, voicemails that she saved um, to the public in order to embarrass Mary. Now to this day, like I looked yesterday and that person Sam was tweeting as of like an hour before I looked. Um, they have like over 117,000 followers on Twitter. Um, they're still acting like Jackie Overton is still acting like Sam is a real person <laughs> to this day. And that Sam has five adopted children, but somehow two of them are dead um, he has, he's like a philanthropist. He's like into crypto. She's still maintaining this lie now, 10, like six years after the fact, um, Sam, AKA Jackie, always also, almost also wrote two books. Um, one of them was called almost married M E R I apostrophe D. And then I can't remember what the other one was, but it's, it's bad. I mean, they're eBooks, you guys. They're the eBooks that you self-publish and anybody can get released on Amazon. They're not good. The re the reviews are not good. I mean, I wasn't going to read it, but the reviews are not good. <laughs> um, it just seems, uh, 
the impression that I got from the reviews that I looked at was like, it's giving manifesto, it's giving nonsensical, it's giving a person who desperately needs attention, but doesn't deserve it. So there's that. Um, the voicemails are really sad. It seems like their relationship was Mary, this like Sam, Jackie person constantly having Mary like prove her love and Mary's and they're constantly getting mad at Mary and hanging up and like going off the grid and not communicating with her and shutting her out. And so a lot of the messages are like, I love you. I love you. Why don't you believe me? Why won't you answer the phone? Why are you mad at me? Like they're sad. And, and, you know, you asked me to prove my love for you, but then when I do, you pull away and you seem upset with me and I don't get it. And it's just like, she really, really, ugh, it's really, really sad. And then there's another voicemail <laughs> where she's leaving a voicemail for Sam and talking about Cody. She says, you know, if there's a competition between you and Cody uh, down the line, you win every time. You're better looking. You're taller. She's laughing when she's saying this. Like, I'm more attracted to you. You're smarter. You're, you're funnier. Like, every category, you take the cake, Sam. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. So, yeah, I'm going to leave those in the episode description. I really encourage you to look at them. Um, I'm going to end with some kid drama. And, gosh, you guys, um, there's something wrong with Peyton. Now, Peyton is Christine's only son. Um, you know, with a family this large and uh, worldly, if you will, it's no surprise that these people don't all align politically and socially. And Cody is a very obvious libertarian leaning on conservative. I would imagine, you know, Robin is a little bit more liberal. Same for Mary. Christine seems like she's never voted in her life, honestly. Um, and <laughs> I would almost say the same for Janelle. Um, I have a feeling it's like, in terms of like right to left, it's probably Cody, Janelle, Christine, and then Mary and Robin on the other side. So, um, so Peyton, Christine's son is very men's rights, racist, homophobic, every phobic that you can imagine. So Mariah and Peyton got into a fight last summer because of all that was going on, right? Summer of 2020. And Peyton's dumbass decides to post a Blue Lives Matter flag on his Instagram. And the caption was back to blue and the hashtag Blue Lives Matter. So somebody uh, responded. They left a comment and said, call your sister and have a conversation with her. Your sister being Mariah, right? And so Peyton responded to that person and said, I love Mariah very much, but we can't stand each other. And then Audrey, Mariah's partner, commented on the post, Black Lives Matter, and I cannot believe some of the things that you've said here. Mariah and I can't stand each other. That's not what you were saying. That's not what you were thinking when you called her crying weeks ago. <laughs> so she put him on blast and then Peyton had to turn his comments off because he was goofy. And then Mariah and Audrey stopped following Peyton and they also uh, stopped following Christine. Now the drama with Peyton 
did not end because apparently McKelty doesn't fuck with him either. <laughs> McKelty also, now this is his actual biological sister, right? Yeah. Um, she was on some sort of live and they were talking about LuLaRoe and she was talking about how her husband, Tony, helps with shipping when he can. Um, but she's had to, you know, she's like really particular about it. And then she says, I've only ever fired two people. One, there was a woman who made like a $5,000 shipping mistake. So she fired her. And then the second one, she says, Peyton, Peyton, I fired because just don't work with family. Sometimes it just doesn't work, especially when they bug the crap out of you. So technically I've fired two people. Um, and then He's had issues with his other biological sister, Gwendolyn. Now, if you guys didn't know, Gwendolyn is younger than Isabel, obviously older than Truly. Um, She's bisexual. She has come out as bisexual. And she subtweeted Peyton one day and said, the moment when you find out your siblings gossip about how they don't think your sexuality is real or possible. And then somebody responded to that post and said, oh, this is probably Peyton. He legit Instagram messaged me once to let me know that black lives don't matter. So then Gwendolyn responded, "Um, I'm not surprised that he said that. Did you screenshot it? And so the woman posted the screenshots and they were as follows. Um, He wrote to this random person to say murder is wrong murderers will burn in hell no question no doubt i don't blame every black man because one black man threatened me more white people get killed by cops every year than black people and there's more black on black violence than there is any other violence but you don't see anyone trying to do something about that do you know how many people die in car accidents every year (laughs) and so gwendolyn responded back yeah talking Like, she complimented the person for handling the situation and then said, talking with racists is painful, and he sounds like an idiot. And so then Peyton, somebody reached out to Peyton and was like, oh, here's what uh, Gwendolyn said about you. And he responded, thanks, I will still protect her until my dying day. Like, fuck off. Protect her from what? You think that her whole sexuality is false. So what is it that you are going to be protecting her from? I'm very, like, where is he getting this from? It's got to be, like, I kind of want to look at Hunter's way. Just because Hunter looks, he looks racist. (laughs) Like, if I didn't know who Hunter was and I saw him, like at a gas station late at night in a sundown town, I'd be like, oh no, he's going to follow me and it's not going to go well. I, sorry. <laughs> he looks racist and, and we should all just be honest about that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to end this on saying that a 20 year old looks racist. <laughs> Thank you guys so much listening for listening. Um, I, this is the last day. If you're listening to this on the 23rd, this is the last day to turn in your questions for my ask me anything year end episode. Um, that'll be out next Wednesday. And yeah, you guys really brought in some great questions. So I'm excited to answer them. So I'll catch up with you guys next week. Bye.